Hi there, and welcome to the fourth episode of Make the Shift. I'm your host, Adam Greenberg. Whether you're returning or listening for the first time, thank you for joining. Today, we're going to talk about resilience. We as people, as businesses, as societies, and as countries have demonstrated a great deal of resilience over the last 22 months, even when it felt like we were up well, shit's creek. We managed to continue to move forward together. As CEO of Makeshift, a web and mobile cloud-based employee scheduling app, I've witnessed this firsthand. I'm incredibly proud of how the Makeshift team stepped up to help businesses like Alberta Health Services, La Senza, Best Western, Air France, and many more improve their employee scheduling experience during the pandemic to help our essential workers on the front lines. I'm a big believer in the idea that companies that give their employees the flexibility to work schedules that fit their lives, improve employee morale, and make work more fun. But how else can we make work more fun? As businesses face a massive labor shortage and a worsening war for talent, how do businesses create a culture that improves recruitment and retention and can stand up to these challenges? My last guest, retired Navy SEAL commander and best-selling author of The Attributes, Rich Diveny, gave me the answer I was looking for. Do you know how the Navy SEALs bond and build an everlasting culture of trust and camaraderie? Well, they do it with humor. Yes, the Navy SEALs get through some of the toughest challenges anyone could ever face with a dash of humor. Now, humor in the workplace is tricky, and anyone that knows me knows I am no expert. Seems no one finds me funny for whatever reason. So I decided to find someone who is. And today, I'm incredibly excited to welcome Emmy Award-winning writer-producer of the very popular Canadian show, Shit's Creek, Michael Short on my podcast. Are you ready to make the shift to a culture that keeps employees coming back? If so, let's go. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Hey, to how are you? Good. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks. Hey, thank you so much for joining Make the Shift. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, before we jump in, can we learn a little bit more about you? I understand you grew up in a small town outside Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and, and now you split your time between Palm Springs and a lakeside home in the Muskokas where you live with your wife, Grace. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. What we lived in actually we were brought up in Hamilton. You're thinking of Dundas. That which is right. Was your hometown, was it not? That is correct. That's where no, we, we first met. Dundas. We were from most Hamilton. So I'm thinking about myself again. <laughs> You're obsessed with yourself. Come on, I do. <laughs> Aren't we all in some way or another? Yes, that's healthy. But but Mike, how does a kid from from a, a town in Ontario find himself as an Emmy Award winning writer producer for some of the biggest shows in Hollywood? Can you? Can you take us through your journey of where it all began and what it's like today? Well, um, 
I started out as a musician, and I did that for about 10 years. Actually, the first job I had was in an office working with a steel supply company, and I was their uh, uh, inventory person, ultimately. And it was, a, it was an okay job. It was fun. You didn't have to take the job home with you. Mm. So that was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, then ultimately, I didn't know if I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. And I could play the piano a little bit. And someone said, you could be in a band. I remember my first instinct was, no, I like to play piano for myself. I don't want to have to be up there and have people telling me what to play. And he said, no, no, that's not a problem. Just do it. You'll love it. And I did it for 10 years. I didn't make any money. Didn't make a dime. But it was a lot of fun. And it was creative and exciting. Then it got to the point where we had just had our second child, Peter, who you know. And I thought, well, I can't keep working for two. 275 a week. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was terrible. Uh, <clears throat> the joke is that <clears throat> uh, the musician wins $212 million in the lottery. And they say, what are you going to do? And he says, I'm going to stay in the music business till the money runs out. <laughs> so it's, it's not a money-making business. One in a billion chance that you'll have a record or something. So I had to figure, what was I going to do? And Marty said, well, Marty was doing a radio sitcom at the time for the CBC. Now, hang he on said, a second. So, sorry, just hang on a second. Marty? Like like Martin Short Marty, your brother? Yes, my brother, yes. Very cool. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. That's okay. So he was doing a sitcom, and Marty and I always made these audio comedy tapes. And he said, why don't you uh, try writing a script for this radio show? And I said, okay, send me, uh, you know, three or four of them, and I'll look at them, and, I'll, and then I'll do my version of one. And I, I wrote the script, and they loved it. I was made the guy, was the head writer was shocked that I was able to do it. I'd never done it before, and blah, blah, blah. So I hated it. And I, my, I would always say it was like giving birth, like I would know. <laughs> so uh but it was excruciating and then i was the same thing you know marty i like hanging out and doing jokes with you and having fun just us but to do it for a living i feel like and he said oh shut up same thing the guy said about music you know just do it so i started doing little jobs here and there dave thomas was a fan and he got me on SCTV as a kind of like a staff writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then from then, it became this big, we thought we were just being funny. And then everyone was telling us how clever we were. We had no idea we were being clever. And it just kind of went from there. That that was a really good credit to have. And then I would go to from show to show and and here I am. Now I'm 77. I just finished six years of Schitt's Creek, which is on her. I mean, I'm 77, and I wouldn't hire a 77-year-old person. So 
uh, it was pretty great that Dan and, and Eugene decided to give me uh, a job on that show. So here I am. And now I'm kind of, hopefully I'm done. But I might still have to win that lottery, though. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you know, sitting here listening to you talk about, you know, Marty and Eugene and Dave Thomas and Dan. And I mean, to you, I mean, you you know, this is your family and your good friends for yeah. many, many years. To me, it's kind of like, wow, these are these are big celebrities. So yeah. it's, it's that's pretty cool. I mean, so, OK, so you're at the top of your game, obviously. But looking back and you made it sound easy, but I'm sure it wasn't easy or maybe it was. But what, what did you learn about resiliency during some of the tougher times well, when I quit, when I was in the music business, we weren't making money, but we were established uh, as kind of the real deal. When it came to blues and rock and roll, I know you came and saw us one time. I did. And uh, so we, we had credibility, no money, but we were, we had credibility. I went from that, now I'm in my early 30s to SCTV where I had never done this before in my life. Mm -hmm. So that was suddenly at that age where you now have no credibility, you're a newbie. It's difficult. And I remember I just thought, uh, you, you know, you can't, all you can do is please yourself. Do mm. the best you can. Put your head down to work. Take a note once in a while. Don't be afraid to let someone suggest something, but you're not there to please everyone else. You're there to do what you do. And if it works out, fine. If it doesn't, I can go back to the office and to steel company and and I did, I did all right there, you know? I can do that too. So um, I I think I think it's a, it's a blend of doing your own thing I mean, there's so many people now. There's schools where their director, all they teach is directing. Where are these directors going to go? There's hundreds and thousands of them coming out every year. And there's eight that work. So um, I don't know if you necessarily have to be in the arts to, uh, to uh, make it. But you can have, you know, I know that the idea is comedy. How does it help you in life? It's just, I always end up when I, when I'm in my worst shape is when I've lost my sense of humor. When I can laugh and I love to hear other people laugh. I love to make people laugh too. It's great when you hear someone laugh. It's one, it's the greatest sound. And, um, and that can be anywhere that can be in an office or, um, you know, keep keep laughing. It's all fun. That's, well, that's yeah. you 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 definitely uh, have 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 hit the nail on the head because Shit's Creek, SCTV, these shows are hilarious and they definitely make me laugh. And I I definitely need to laugh because you know the the business environment is 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 brutal at times. Um, just listening to you talk right now is kind of uplifting me because we, you know, my management team just gathered in Calgary. We had a, a lot of very difficult conversations, a lot of hard decisions that have to be made all the time. Competition, as you just described, it, whether it's in directing or in music, 
uh, is brutal. Um, just brutal. like in business, it's it's just brutal. It can be cutthroat. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of headwinds, and so humor humor works. And so when when Rich, you know, when Rich Divney, uh, this retired uh, Navy SEAL commander, came on on the show and was was telling us about surf torture, how they they put these guys through horrible conditions and and they they find the way to get through it is with humor it resonated with me and i immediately thought of you so you know thanks for the work you do i think it makes a big difference well thank you uh yeah it's um I, I really it's just it's all whatever this bad situation is it's gonna pass hopefully you can learn from it and uh you know, I mean, I have a dark sense of humor, so. <laughs> it doesn't always work, by the way. I've always had this, I just realized this about myself, that I'll be sitting and people will be talking and it'll start getting too serious, you know. And then I, I have this need to just do a stupid joke that I know half the people will be pissed off and the other will half a lot mm -hmm. to break the tension. And I think to myself, there's a split second where I go, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> and then I always do. I always <laughs> end up saying it. And people have, which is, you could find a lot of people that would hate him. <laughs> and we were talking about this and he just suddenly started making a stupid joke. But it's, it's, it's when people take themselves too seriously, um, it, that's when it bogs down. Everything gets bad. Mm. You know, I think I look at the politics now. It's these people that are protesting about stuff, they take themselves so seriously. And, you know, mm. you don't think I'm smart. Well, that's true. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> But don't take it personally. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's that that is funny. And I can just I think I've actually been at a dinner heard one of those jokes and I went, What? <laughs> um you know yeah. what I re I really appreciate, and if there's one thing I'm gonna take away uh today here is you know, just just do the best you can. And um, you know, at the end of the day you can just go do something else if it doesn't work out. That's very timely advice you have no idea or maybe you do right. not the end of the world you're um uh you, you, you know you're there to please yourself you want to, you want to feel like okay i did the best i could right i've been in rooms where i pitched jokes and zero yeah nothing crickets you know then i've gone to another show and finally in desperation pitched that same joke hilarious everyone's laughing so there's no absolute about any of this stuff just this feels funny felt a good idea at the time you know love it yeah and and you're right about protest you just mentioned protests i want to talk about that for a minute because you know the pandemic it's been incredibly stressful for people everywhere and and like let's be honest it's not just the pandemic like every time someone looks at a phone or turns on the TV or opens a newspaper or has a conversation at the dinner table, maybe with their crazy uncle, but we're inundated with what seems like terrible news. Like just this past week alone, we saw hospitals overrun with the Delta variant, vaccine protests, blocking hospitals, people entering schools, mm -hmm. 
bombings at places of worship overseas, mass shootings, women are marching in Texas and like on and on it goes. And, and, you know, humor is a great tool to help manage stress and stressful situations. So, you know, while we're looking at doctors to, well, some of us are <laughs> to develop medicine to keep us safe. Mm. I think laughter really can be the best medicine sometimes. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the people who are protesting and saying that science doesn't know, but I do, mm. because I got a B minus in grade four science. So <laughs> listen to me now. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Make a joke out of it, you know? Come on, guys. What do you know about science? Right. You know nothing. Come on. Admit it. Do you want me to listen? Do you want me to come over and fix your car? Because I will. <laughs> no. <laughs> might, not, might not ever run again. But I shouldn't fix your car. You know why? I don't know anything about fixing cars. Get a mechanic. <laughs> I'm not threatened by that. Right. Anyway. It it's like when my uh, when my daughter was born and we had to get an addition on the house. I said to my wife, "That's a crazy quote from that contractor. I'll build the room over the roof." And she's like, "No, you won't." Yeah, yeah. So you you make a good point. Now now, just to switch gears for a second, like you've been a writer for a long time. You just described, and you've helped make some of these shows you just talked about: SCTV, uh, Mad TV, Jiminy Glick, The Martin Short Show, and. And most recently, this this huge success, uh, Shit's Creek, of which you were, as I understand it, you're the only writer producer alongside the showrunner, uh, Dan Levy, right? That was there for the entire run. Yeah, amazing. And now my family and I love that show, by the way. We're actually watching it a second time. Now, I do hope my 12-year-old stops talking like Alexa soon. Right. And, right. and I hope my wife stops talking like Moira as well. But, <laughs> but we love it. And... You've also worked closely with your brother, Martin, and, and we talked yeah. about other comedians, John Candy, Catherine O'Hare, Eugene Levy. And I just, did a, I just did a couple of commercials with Eugene. Oh, did you? Yeah, this is, that, those do, are the gigs you want. Do you want to plug them? What were the commercials for? One is a Capital One commercial, and um, the other one is for CX1, which is, I think, an inter- uh, it's not something you'll see on TV. It's kind of like uh, industry stuff about setting up. I don't even know what the hell that is. It, it's I know they paid well, and we try to write jokes. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's where the money is. I just finally figured that out at seventy-seven. <laughs> Sometimes it I'm takes a us a while. A smaller, <laughs> case you haven't noticed, to figure stuff out. Yeah. Um, anything else that you you know you said you're kind of at the end. Anything else you're working on? Uh, not really. I don't. I I just I, I'm I feel like I'm done what I want to do. I mm -hmm. you know. People come and say, "Well, how do I get in the business?" Right. Keep, what advice do you have? Keep writing. Keep trying. You mm -hmm. might get lucky. Someone might read your script and go, this is how really, really funny. Um, or not. Doesn't mean it's not funny. It's what you do. Maybe Schitt's Creek, for example. Mm -hmm. Huge success. Ten years ago, would it have been a big hit? I don't know. Ten years from now, would it have been a big hit? Who knows? But in the pandemic, and with the kind of... Uh, awakening uh, 
uh, about sexuality, mm -hmm. it was the perfect storm, you know? Absolutely. And, yeah. So just keep plugging away and don't feel judged by it. Like my son Matthew is a, an actor. And mm -hmm. I can remember he was getting discouraged in the early days because he'd go in for an audition. He'd think I, I did well. And he didn't get the part. And I'd say, Matt, the writer and producer, a lot of times the same guy, is looking at you and going, I, I base this character on my nephew. And he has blonde hair. And this kid is good, but he's got brown hair. So I don't like him. So you think he's turning you down because you didn't act well enough. No, there's nothing. It's just a fluke, you know. Don't You can't take any of it really seriously. That's the, the trap. Yeah, that, that's good advice. And and my, my daughter also wants to be an, an actress. And, and she's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these auditions now are like, we got the setup in the house with the ring light and all this. And she's been submitting... In fact, I believe she's she's with a, a similar agency. She's with the characters uh, talent agency, and she's really enjoying it. And I, we're telling her the same thing: just have fun with it. Just you know, just enjoy yeah. it. Keep going. Because that's what people want to see. People yeah. want to laugh. They want us to have somebody that's fun to look at. I mean, if you're frowning, you don't look as good as when you're smiling. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you're smiling. <laughs> I'm having a great time. I'm, I'm loving this, and I'm lucky. Like I love my job. I love the people. I um, so I'm, I'm definitely, but the, that's, still why, very... that's why you're having success. Yeah. People like to be around somebody that makes you laugh or makes you feel good or has a positive energy. You don't have to, you can't, you can't fake it. You've got to no. live it. Mm, interesting. Right. You can't fake it. Exactly. No, you really can't. That's actually annoying people that you know are just faking it. And smiling and bubbling, and as soon as you turn your back, they're sobbing in the corner. Right. You, know? you can see through it. Yeah, it's got to be um, coming from a real place. Well, that's that's great advice, Mike. Thanks. So one of one of your kids is in the acting business, and and you right. also said you started as a musician. Any other musicians in the family, or my son Louis is a musician. Uh, he's just releasing a second album. Uh, which is called, um, oh God, uh, I think it's called On My Way Forever. Is one okay. of the songs. I think that's what it's called. He's really, he just signed with a management company. He's really crazy talented. My son Nick is a producer, guitar player, drummer. In here in Vancouver, he was with a band called Dumb. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I said, why did you call yourself dumb? He said, I've always wanted to get up on stage and say, ladies and gentlemen, we are dumb. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he not taking himself too seriously. Fantastic. And, uh, and Peter is the only one who's probably the most artistic of all of them. And yet he's right now, he's doing a job working with a, a company in sales and representing their products and stuff like that. You know, Pete, Pete is just yeah. hilariously funny. Yeah, he is, always has been. But he's writing, he's writing scripts now. He's doing it for, just for fun. And 
They're great. He's a talented guy. So they're all they're all doing they're all we're very lucky. They're all doing yeah. really and 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 rightfully proud, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Mike, I you know, I, I'm so grateful that you did this. It was so good to reconnect um after all these years as well. I've I've really enjoyed chatting with you and, and again I, I love the work you do and and really appreciative that you, you took some time out of uh, your your downtime, your your family time, uh, mm-hmm. to chat with me and, and my listeners. Now, when we start this show, we always tell people they'll they'll leave here with some ideas on how to be more resilient, and and you've shared some of those because it's truly been a year of transformation. Do you right. have any any final thoughts or advice that you'd like to share? Anything that you'd like to just leave us with? Yeah, I just stay positive. I know, it's, I know it's really tough now, and these are tough times. But uh, stay positive; it's worth it. It'll, it'll. Uh, don't give up. Just hang in there. Don't let anyone judge you. Mm. Judge Beautifully yourself. Said. Yeah. Judge yourself. Beautifully said, Mike. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that's a shift right there. So thank you for helping us make the shift, and uh, give my best to uh, to the family. Okay. And have uh, have a great day. And your buddy, day. Charlie. And my buddy, Charlie. And you're at his house right now. Yeah. I, okay. I would I'd love to see him again, and uh, I'll be sure to reach out. Thank you so much, Mike. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Have fun. You too. Bye. And that brings us to the end of our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and will join me next month as we continue to make the shift together. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, you can visit podcast.makeshift.ca and do it right now. You can also look for at Makeshift app and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you'd like to join me on my show or share your feedback with me, feel free to drop me a line anytime at agreenberg at makeshift.ca. All of our links are in our show notes. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Adam Greenberg. See you next time on Make the Shift.